Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation lived. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed the most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered a new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. everyone and welcome to episode zero of what's up question mark exclamation point a rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever objectively um after the last airbender my name is joyce my name is justin my name is anand and we're super excited to be doing this together um we're super big fans of the show and we just thought because it's a great time for the show. It's on Netflix. We would do a podcast uh, where we talk about Avatar and rewatch it together. Cool. Yeah. So just to kind of pull everything together, um, I'm going to do a quick overview of the podcast. We're going to be trying to talk about two episodes-ish per podcast. I guess it'll also vary um, if the episode is more involved. We might spend an entire podcast talking about it. If there's a couple fillers in a row, we might condense them into one. And if it's the Great Divide, we might not talk about it at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of the Great Divide in future episodes, uh, this is just your first spoiler warning. Uh, we will try to be tying themes throughout the show, like identity, honor, duty, and loyalty. And it'll be kind of hard to talk about those things if we don't reference things that occur in the future of the show. So we'll try our best uh, to like point out major spoiler warnings, but this is just the blanket warning that we will be talking about things in the future of the show. Yeah, so if you haven't watched it and you're our friend, then we will not talk to you until you watch the show. <laughs> but just kidding, but it's a really good show and you should watch it and then we can all geek out about it together. Yep. And uh, we'll try to also bring in lots of research, behind the scenes, fun facts, trivia, um, anything we've basically seen outside of the show that we want to bring into it so we can do some more analysis and get a little deeper into the show. Yeah. So it won't just be like our like, haha, this was funny when this happened. Hopefully, like, yeah, we're excited to do it because I think already, as we've done research for this episode, like we've learned a lot and we're hoping to just like get deeper into the universe of Avatar. And hopefully you can learn something new um, from listening if people are listening. Yeah. So speaking of this show, uh, this is episode zero. Uh, What's Appa? And What's Appa is our podcast. Uh, so we're going to give you a brief introduction to, um, I guess we've already given you an overview of the podcast. Now we just want to talk a little bit about the show broadly, talk about its place in entertainment, you know, some themes it brings, uh, the inspiration behind a lot of the um, characters and the creation of the show. And then we'll close it out with our personal experience uh, with the show and why we like it so much. Yeah, so just to get started, Justin, who are the creators of the show? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Mike DiMartino and Brian Konitsko. Konitsko, Konitsko. A plus. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and they're both from RIDSD, um, which is the Rhode Island School of Design, and that's where they met. Um, 
And another power duo that's come out, it's completely unrelated, are their Airbnb founders. Um, but I don't know. It's pretty cool that they you know, met in college. They'd done some other projects together, and they both decided at some point in 2002 to pitch Nickelodeon this idea they had about an uh, airbending monk going on adventures in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess maybe before we get into that, I forgot, maybe we should give an overview synopsis of the show. Not that like every, anybody really needs one. I'm pretty sure anybody who would be listening to this is like has watched it. But um, yeah, so it's about Aang, the Avatar, and the Avatar, um, Aang is the Avatar, and the Avatar can bend all four elements. I don't know if I'm going in the right order. Okay, so first there's a world, and in this world, you can bend elements. Uh, the four elements, water, earth, fire, and air. And there are four nations. Well, I guess you could have gathered this information by listening to Anand say the introduction. <laughs> but there are four nations that um, represent each of the elements, and they live in this world in, together in harmony. And there's the Avatar, who is supposed to keep um, the balance in the world and bring peace and uh, make sure that everybody is getting along and friendly. And it's Aang. Aang is this little kid. Um, he's an air nomad and he's tasked with, um, in the show at least, he's tasked with keeping the order because the Fire Nation has attacked the other nations and he needs to master all four elements and save the world. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good summary. But that was a great summary. Thank you. Um, that's what the show is about. And yeah, like Justin was saying, um, it was created by Mike DiMartino and Brian Kunitsko. So yeah, they were in school together and they both just really liked um, Japanese anime, um, Hong Kong action movies, like, uh, and like, I don't know, we're interested in Eastern philosophy. And I I think it was, do you guys know which one was like the, the guy, which of the two was like the guy who like actually took kung fu classes i i think it was uh i think it was brian because brian's the one who takes uh the, the the kung fu classes where he meets sifu kisu yeah so it's brian then i'm pretty sure and i think brian was the one who had the original idea but yeah so he was like he's super into like i don't know like kung fu movies whatever i think he was getting mike to like try to get into them as well. Um, but then he had like an idea of, quote, there's an air guy along with these water people trapped in a snowy wasteland and maybe some fire people are pressing down on them. <laughs> I feel like that was like <laughs> like the, the like initial inception of the idea from Brian's perspective. And it, yeah, and it blossomed into like what became the show. I guess another like fun fact about like how they're initially imagining the show was like, before there was Aang, they just had this like futuristic sci-fi monkey character with like the arrow on his head. But it was like, I feel like it was going in the direction of sci-fi, you know, like it was not going to be, it was going to be in the future. It wasn't going to be in the past. And then paired with this sci-fi monkey was this polar bear dog, um, which became Appa. But polar bear dog is Korra's companion or animal companion. So at least that came through. Also, I love polar bears. So, you know. Also, apparently, Abba was supposed to have large spiral horns, but the creators decided that that would be too difficult to animate by hand. Apparently, the story goes, like, they, they lay out all of Brian's drawings on the table. And then, and then at one day, he's just, like, doing yoga late at night. And he has this, like, and, and like, early in the day, Mike was kind of rambling on about, like, Shackleton's adventures in the South Pole and how people got stuck there. And he has this epiphany, like, what if we combine the two ideas? So, like, 
he's all sweaty, finishes doing yoga. It's pretty intense. He like drives over to Mike's place and he's like, hey, we have to do this thing. We like that bald kid you drew. He has to be the center of the show. That's kind of how like Avatar occurred um, late at night after a yoga session. As do all great ideas. <laughs> it's on sleep deprivation. Anyways, so that was just like how the idea began with the two creators. Um, and then, you know, they just became like, I don't know, pregnant with the idea. I know this is a weird, <laughs> I heard that recently. <laughs> Somebody say that. And like, oh, it was when I was watching like Lin-Manuel Miranda talking about Hamilton. He like literally said he like became impregnated with this idea. <laughs> and he had to like get it out there. Um, but yeah, so it. they just like started pitching it. They pitched it to Nickelodeon um, and they um, apparently they were just talking like a million miles per hour. And then the Nickelodeon exec was just like yes like let's do this like we have to do i'm so sold and then so they started making um yeah they started making the first season i think they were initially just making like 12 or so episodes oh so i guess the whole show has um 61 episodes three seasons um called books and the episodes are technically called chapters and they um are 20 minutes each um it's a children's show so you know kids kids have other things to be doing playing outside back in the day um and then yeah that was like also really cool because like they always knew I mean like once they were once those like first 12 episodes or so were like successful they knew that it was just gonna be three seasons and like even when people like pushed them to do more because it was so successful they like knew they just knew it had to be like the epic ending that it was um so yeah and then they got to it and put in all the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. So maybe we can talk a little bit about where some of the inspirations or maybe some of the different nations and people or bending styles came from. Um, so the Water Tribe, which is where guitar and soccer are from, obviously, um, was based on Inuit and Serenike, Serenike culture. Um, Whereas the Earth Kingdom was largely based on China uh, and took like several iconic things from China, including like the Forbidden City. Um, the Fire Nation uh, was largely based off Japan and like 1930s, uh, like Imperial Japan. But uh, they thought it would be too <laughs> offensive if they uh, only used Japanese influences for the Fire Nation. So they mixed in some Chinese elements to be less offensive. And then lastly, the the air peoples were kind of modeled after the Tibetan monks. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've always appreciated about the world building that um, Brian, uh, Mike DiMartino and, and Brian Konitsko were, like, are, are always able to do is like they make it seem so deep because all these like major nations are based off these like real world civilizations. But you still see these like remnants and glimpses of these like past civilizations and like smaller cultures that exist in the world because at some point the the team team avatar um you know they run into the swamp people or you know when zuko runs off with his adventure with aang they run into like the, the sun people uh, at the sun temple and they're like references to these like other real world cultures that exist so there's like deeper layers to the world building um than just like what is represented at face value and i, I always really appreciated that yeah also I guess, like, even, like, going a little deeper than that, or, like, even more on the nose is, like, um, what the show is named after, the Avatar. Like, where does that come from? So that actually comes um, directly from Hinduism, and it's also applied to, like, Buddhism and some other religions. 
Uh, basically, there is this god, Vishnu, who's like the preserver god in Hindu mythology. And he basically takes on 10 different reincarnations that like come into the world uh, to save the world whenever it's threatened with uh, evil chaos or any like destruction. And he comes in in these different forms and kind of saves the world. Um, and so you can see how that was clearly kind of um, taken and used in like a very cool way um, by the creators of the show. And then they infuse their own like twists on it with the four elements and this kind of like seasonal change of the avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely like they definitely definitely did their research and like I think it was just amazing like watching like the making of documentary where um, they just had so many cultural consultants um, for the calligraphy like they did on site like uh, location scouting basically just to be inspired for the even even though it's an animated show like they went and like just to just to do like the best research that they could. Oh, I just another thing, a random thing that I thought about when you were just talking about like the avatar paired with the bending was actually the bending. Um, the bending was kind of initially just a way to get around like how to not show fighting on the Nickelodeon show. So actually, like, I think as we talk about the show and as we like watch the show, it's always like, I mean, I personally always forget that it's a children's show because I just love it so much. And like, I enjoy it just as much as I did like when I was younger today. So I just don't think of it as that. Um, but like, you know, it was it's just completely a children's cartoon that was like airing on Nickelodeon. And so the Nickelodeon execs were always considering like, what's the message that's being told, like taught to children? Like, how is this coming off to children? So like violence, like definitely a no-no on a kid's show. So like, bending is like a good way to get around that because it's not I don't it's just like less direct I think at least that's what they said so um it just kind of came out of that what did you guys find about um cultural inspiration yeah I mean at least for the martial arts we we kind of touched upon this earlier but um they initially they wanted to have like a very real looking martial arts and they didn't want to you know, kind of just copy over what the other studios on Nickelodeon were doing. So Brian actually tries to go out and find uh, like a master where he can learn from. Um, and he goes to, and takes classes with this guy named Master Kisu, uh, Sifu Kisu. And he's taking his classes and taking his classes. And eventually the master kind of like recognizes like this guy as like kind of excelling in his classes. And eventually Brian pitches him the idea during one of his classes of Avatar. And apparently, like, he just ran with it. Like, he came up with the idea of, like, swinging the ing, swinging the staff and, like, having the wind come out. Um, and he's really a big reason why a lot of the uh, different bending styles are related to two different types of martial arts. So there's a great clip of him where he's talking about, um, you know, like, water bending and how flexible it is. And he relates it to Tai Chi, and, uh, which is a type of Chinese martial arts, which is really relaxed and has fluidity to it. Um, and then he relates other types of bending, like earth bending to the Hungar type, just like really low, powerful and rooted stances. And yeah, the, the funniest thing to me was uh, when they were considering Toph's character, she's a very quirky character um, and she's also blind. So Sifu Kisu actually brought in this guy named Sifu Manny, who is this like if you ever see a picture of him, he's like this kind of large, unassuming dude. But this guy is actually like a master martial artist. He's like real life Uncle mastered. Iroh. 
No, straight up. Like, there are videos of him just completely destroying people. Um, and he's mastered this thing called Southern Praying Mantis Style, which is from Southern China. And it's apparently this lost form of martial arts that was created by blind monks. And basically, he translates it to Toph's fighting style. Yeah, I think when I learned that, I was just like, even more like they do. They're so detail oriented, so much more than they like need to be. And it's just because like, I think like they're all like obsessed with like making this like obsessed with the world and obsessed with making it as like as like amazing as possible. Um, and I think just another thing from the documentary watching it and like reading up is just like I think the the core squad that like made the show. They're just so tight and like, I don't know, just like watching them do the animation and like, I don't know, I guess maybe at the time, could they even like digitally animate? Because it just seemed like they like hand drew and like, I mean, obviously they had to eventually like render it digitally, but like there's just so, so much hard work that goes into making an animated anything. And it's so like, it seems kind of painful, but like obviously like was turned out amazingly. Yeah, no, um. I remember like watching the part of the documentary where, um, it, where when initially when they're making the pilot episode and they have to fly over to Korea and you know, uh, I forget if it was Brian or Michael who who had to go, but I, I think it was Brian, uh, and he's in Korea. He's talking about like he's working like thirteen, fourteen hour days, and none back then because there wasn't like internet wasn't really huge. He didn't really have anyone to, or any means of communicating communication to talk to friends or family it was just avatar 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 and at the time it, it wasn't even a tv show yet he talks about how how tough that whole process was working with the south korean and wait so isn't there isn't there like a story behind like why they had to go to south korea it's like they couldn't find any like animators in the u.s that would work with them i think i think they wanted to work like more with a japanese um like studio but i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that like they like none of the Japanese like actual studios like thought they were legit or like were super interested. <laughs> so they ended up going to like Yeah. Korean I mean that's a question. Kind of like, funny. is this anime? What do you guys think? Yeah. I've never watched an anime, so I don't know. But hmm. like ha- I don't know if you guys have, but I feel like that's like people are like, is this an anime? Is this not an anime? Does it count? Is it not just because it's American? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I've only seen a couple. I've only seen a Death Note and Full Brother Alchemist. That's pretty um, good. Full Metal Alchemist. Is it style? Is like stylistically? I guess like every anime looks different stylistically, anyways. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Justin, about this uh, anime debate? I I think like there are obviously like a lot of parallels. Like when I think about like the magic system and Full Metal Alchemist versus Avatar, like they're both incredibly creative. They're they're kind of like expressions of each person's personality and how they interact with the world um but i think at the end of the day there it is just something special because like it doesn't fall into like a lot of like the tropes that like shonen anime falls into um and like i think there's a reason why avatar won so many awards like the peabody award and the genesis award it's it's because it does explore like much deeper themes and like talking about like war and and its effect on people that I think a lot of animes just don't really have a great opportunity to explore. Um, Although some of the ones that you did mention, like Full Metal Alchemist, do kind of touch on themes like war. Yeah, I mean, Full Metal Alchemist is certainly one of the best like animes of all time. I mean, I feel like 
like Avatar could totally be considered anime. I feel like it's kind of just like an arbitrary distinction. Um, speaking of this uh, this Peabody Award, uh, I was watching their um, acceptance speech when they won the Peabody, which yeah, I didn't know they won. That's like awesome. They also won a primetime Emmy, by the way. Um, but in their acceptance speech, uh, it was interesting. It was like like um, Mike was like, I get this question all the time, like why does this show like appeal to so many people, especially if it's like a kid's show? And his answer was, it's because of the theme of balance and how like both it's like, oh, the world is like war torn and it's like angry balance to the world and like the four elements and the four nations, but also like Aang finding like, and I'm, I'm sure Zuko also he didn't mention, but uh, Aang like finding internal balance, um, like between like his duties and his like innocence and like kind of reconciling them. and. He was like, yeah, that's uh, like something everyone can relate to to some extent. Yeah, I always think back to the the episode Zuko alone. Which spoiler is, alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! Um, he he helps out, you know, this family with this kid whose older brother had gone off into the war, um, and at some point they find out he's Fire Nation. And I think if this was any other you know, primetime kids TV show at the time, like they would wrap up the episode really nicely. The The kid would realize who goes like a good person and they have like this moment, but they just don't do that at all. And I, like, I think that's like much more realistic and kind of like shows the different sides to the war and how like, you know, there, there were corrupt earth kingdom vendors and soldiers there. And like the, just the many different facets of war that you just don't really see. I think another kid shows like they don't they don't give you that cathartic moment always. Yeah, there are definitely some uh, very like dark moments of the show that like they did well to kind of like hide or like kind of like camouflage in a way. So like maybe for a kid, you don't really understand. But like when you come back and you're older, you like see like I mean, whether that's with like the Puppet Master episode or like, you know, like Katara's mom or like Jet. Um, like all of these moments like are actually quite dark. Yeah. Like I wonder how much of that actually sinks in as a kid. Um, but yeah, you rewatch it and you're like, this is so real. Like this is the real world. And you know, it's just like planting the seed of like thinking about these things for little kiddos. <laughs> yeah. And in a really funny way, and I hadn't really realized this until the most recent rewatch is that the, the Cabbage Man's destruction is just kind of coded like economic damage from the war. That's so <laughs> made, funny. Made in such a way that a kid can understand. <laughs> yeah. The most innocent of them all is the Cabbage Man. Yeah. Like the Cabbage Man not being to get able to get into like Bossing Say's like code for like tariffs or something. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you just can't understand. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I guess another thing, another theme I really like is just I think so. I think, oh, I think what the creator said was like the core message was obviously just to like, or not obviously, but like, I think like you shape your own path and like also to like stay true to yourself. That's like classic, like children's show, like narrative. But I just like, it's, you know, with Zuko and like, I mean, Zuko is just the best character, obviously, but like, like his whole like internal struggles throughout the entire show and like Aang and then Aang deciding like whether or not he should like spoiler alert like kill Ozai and like just like everything else and and just like knowing that like none of these things are like written in stone and like 
I don't know, just like, I think that's so like such a powerful message. And I think that's like my favorite part. And, and again, like staying true to yourself. Like, I think I actually love so much that Aang is just like such a goofball and like, he's the avatar, but he is like such a kid. And I think for that reason, I like relate a lot to Aang. And like, I love just like the levity that he brings to like situations where he definitely should be more serious. Like, like right before there's like a big battle, he will like run away and like be a kid because like he is a kid, you know? And so, but like, that's kind of in the end, like staying true to himself is like what brings balance to the world in like the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any, are there, are there any other like themes? Are there any other themes you guys found like particularly intriguing that was like brought up in the show? I, I guess one thing that's like, kind of hard to get into a discussion right now and maybe could warrant an episode later is like like the presentation of good and evil i think is just particularly nuanced in the show like like what is good you know because like you watch for a long period of the show and all you can think is like wow like the fire nation is evil and then you get introduced to like all these other nations like with their own issues like whether it's just societal issues like misogyny or like oppression or they're like just sometimes it's straight up like violence, robbery, um, you know, uh, lying to the masses. And it kind of makes you question like what saving the world means in the context of being Aang, being the avatar, um, what good and evil are. Um, like, yeah, like the assumption is that like the Fire Nation is like all evil and like they're all terrible and like they did some pretty terrible things. That's true. But also like in the headband episode when like that avatar gang like actually goes to the Fire Nation they like meet like the fire nation like residents and like it really humanizes the people and you see like you know the people are also kind of the victims of of the fire nation as well so it kind of blurs the lines between like good and evil another theme that like i found really interesting and i'm sure we'll come back to like a lot is the idea of technology and the role that technology plays and how like technology basically enabled the fire nation to take their destruction to like the next level and like um obviously like there's some like strong parallels to like nazi germany and like imperial japan and how they like use technology to like broaden their devastation and it's like it draws into the question um like the role of technology in society and like you know if it's good or bad if it's amoral and what could be done about that if you think oh wow i didn't even think of like that analogy but like if you think of like the hot air balloon creation and how it was just like it was just a th- it was just a thing. It was just an experiment, but like it gets in the hands of the wrong people, and then like, yeah. Um, I guess like one more theme I kind of wanted to touch on, and then maybe we can start talking about our personal love of the show, which I we've obviously like gushed about the different themes that we love and like whatever else, but it's kind of just like feminism and like the female characters and like how important they are in the show because um I like I remember the creators um Brian and Mike were saying like why can't this like action adventure show like be for everyone because I I initially like I know they were I know like maybe they thought initially that it would definitely like the audience would skew more like towards boys because it's fighting and whatever but then like they you know, Katara, they added Katara, or, like, I think they always knew there was gonna be Katara, but, like, Toph was initially supposed to be, like, basically the boulder, and then they made Toph into this, like, little girl, and, like, you know, Katara, Katara, they said, was just, like, the heart of the show, 
like she just represents like hope and optimism and she 100% keeps everybody going and she's just she has such an amazing arc too from kind of just she's first a badass but like and she becomes a badass but then she's also like she takes such good care of everybody in the show and she always also keeps everyone going I idolized Katara. I definitely now a days I can see how her like like I think when she's parodied in Ember Island players, it's like, oh hope. Like I get it. And like sometimes I'm like, okay, she's being like a little extra right now and like whatever. But I, I remember just like watching her like googly eyed. Like I think her and then like there's like the Kyoshi Warriors and Suki. Like I think it just it it did make it super accessible to like young girls too. And um I mean, it wasn't that, I feel like sometimes I feel like the show was made like so long ago. Like it wasn't that long ago, but like, I think they just were very, very aware of like making the show accessible and like open. Cool. So I guess we can move on to um, when, I guess like when was everybody's first time watching the show? Did you guys watch it um, on TV on Nickelodeon? Did you like watch it in order? Um, And then like when, how old were you when you first watched it? And like, yeah, how many times? And also how many times have you guys seen it at this point? Justin, you're up first. I'm up first? Oh, geez. Okay. So I never had cable as a kid. We just had PBS, so I watched it out of, like, you know, um, cyberspace and things like that. Um, But the first time I saw Avatar, I was at my cousin's house. I saw, like, one episode. Don't even remember which one it was. Um, I actually watched Korra first. What? Um, Yes. Wait, really? Uh, And, and yes. No wonder you like Korra better. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. So I I will maintain to this day that Korra Korra better than Avatar and he's doing it. He's the better Avatar. (laughs) Hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's uh, for another time. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll get into this later. We'll get into this. So I I full, like, 100%ed Avatar, like, the moment Korra finished because I'm like, this is good. I've heard so many good things about Avatar. I have to finish it. I think to date, I've watched it like four or five times. Um, one of them, including just like between flights internationally, because it was in on Netflix everywhere except the US. Like I would queue, download it at like airports, use up so much data, by the way. Like I, I think the overcharges were insane. But um, yeah, I, I've seen it like quite a decent number of times. Yeah. What about you guys? All right, Joyce. Oh, me? Who, me? I asked the question, though. (laughs) (laughs) Turn it back on you. Um, Classic waterbender. Yeah. I, let's see. I don't recall when I first saw it, which is really sad. I I had cable, but I honestly, I'm going to expose myself here, but I actually don't, I don't know if I ever really watched it on cable. Like, I, that can't be true, though, because I definitely like the, okay, so the first time I watched it, from beginning to end, like all the way through was um, with my stepdad, Big Belly, as I call him. Um, <laughs> we made a lot of comparisons um, of like <laughs> comparisons of him and Iroh as we were watching it. <laughs> he's not that fat, I promise. Like people always think that. Anyways, my stepdad, I watched it with him um, when I was in middle school. So that was like but I, I definitely, like, was into it, like, which is why I wanted to rewatch it before then. But, like, I really have no, rem- like, memory of watching it on Nickelodeon. And then, um, 
yeah, just like recently as it came out on Netflix, like that was the sec- like the next time. And then like, so I guess like two times, two and a half, whatever my history is was before the time I watched in middle school. But yeah, I really wish I could remember like if I had like uh, watched it on cable, but alas. Anand? Um, yeah, I feel like I've had a weird history watching the show. Because I've watched it like totally out of order. So the first time I ever uh, saw the show was when I was, I think this was like middle school time, maybe, maybe a little after that. Um, But I was at like tennis camp, like it was during the summer. And then in the like lobby, like during breaks, there there was a TV and like sometimes it would just be on Nickelodeon. And then one time, like, like Avatar Last Airbender was playing and it was just it was it was very cool like it was the the bitter work episode and that episode is like quite good um but then i don't know it was it was just intrigued me and and i and like at various points of like tennis when i was there i would just like watch certain episodes and then like some point like later on uh they started playing uh episodes on like nickelodeon or something but it would be like two episodes every day, like in in sequence. Um, and so like I found that at one point. And like when I was a kid, I was never a Nickelodeon watcher. Like I was like a much bigger Disney fan. Like I watched a lot of Disney, uh, but never Nickelodeon. So then like when it started to play on Nickelodeon, like two two episodes every day, like I would make sure I always watched it. And like I watched with my brother and my sister. And it was like, it was very fun. But I didn't start from the beginning. So there are a lot of episodes like from the beginning of the show that I never saw until very recently, actually. So, so I probably started from like the, the three quarters of the way through the, through the first season. And so, yeah, so I, I watched most of the episodes like from there on to the third season, like sequentially. And then I just remember like one episode, like one time I sprained my neck and I remember I could do nothing except like Avatar. It was like a, it was like one of the days when like Avatar was playing the whole day. So like I remember like it was like the the entire like second half of the second season, which is like may, might be the best part of the show, uh, like and then that was like on the whole day and I couldn't do nothing but watch. So that was like really fun. Um, but then so like it would like go sequentially, but I I believe they actually stopped showing it sequentially after the day of Black Sun episodes. So like the the failed invasion episodes. So I remember when I was younger, I would always like look to the next day like in the tv guide or like the next week to see what episodes were coming so like when that was the last episode i uh i like looked through the tv guide and i was like oh the day of black sun is the last episode and it was like the ninth and tenth episodes of the season so like it made it could make sense if it ended on the tenth episode so like going into those episodes i thought that was the end and like i remember watching those episodes for the first time i was like no like these episodes can't be the last episodes like this is way too Sokka centric. Like this can't be the last episode. Like, no hey, don't hate <laughs> on my boy. Yeah, so it was still really good episodes. But anyway, so I watched like all those, and then there would always be like reruns. Like I know I've seen like the drill like a million times. I know I've seen like the library episode like a million times, and like Serpent's Past like a million times. There are like certain episodes that were always one. And then I would always like watch it whenever it's on because I knew there were like certain episodes that like I was missing. So you had to get them all. So I yeah, I had to get them all. So there are like certain episodes I watched like a million times. Um, and then it kind of filled in like the other pieces. 
Um, and then at a certain point, like I remember, uh, like I managed to go watch all the way up to like the finale of the last season. Um, and like the finale, like never came on TV. And then I, I like, I remember finding it online and like watching the finale online. And that was like the first time I ever like streamed any content like off the internet. And that was like a big moment. <gasps> oh was, like, my I God. Finally made the, Come get made the him. Into, uh, to the dark pool. side. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's still. You have an insane memory. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the show is great. This. So, you know, I remember every time I've seen it. And then, so there were still some episodes in like the first season that I never saw until after. And I remember like, one of the things for a long time, like I had to like kind of piece this together because I watched it so out of order. And I just remember like I never knew why Zuko was exiled because I missed like the storm episode <laughs> for a long time. And also why like Aang was in the was in the iceberg. Like I never like for a long time I was like, oh, like when the Avatar was gone for a hundred years, it was like very unclear whether like like Roku like it wasn't doing anything or like Aang like someone froze Aang or like I don't know I never knew and then I never knew why Zuko was exiled and like that was always a big mystery so I like going back and watching those episodes was very good and then finally I rewatched the entire series like over the past uh few months and like finally caught a few of the episodes that I never never saw including Blue Spirit which was a great episode okay maybe I'm like backfilling like my memory now but I want to say that I watched the finale on cable. I want to say, but, you know, I have nothing to back that up. But I feel I must have watched something on cable and I've, I'm feeling like a fake fan right now. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to stick to that. I at least saw parts of the finale on Nickelodeon. That's fair. OK, favorite episodes. God, I wasn't ready for favorite this episode. <laughs> just, just pick one. It's it's pretty easy for me. I, I think it's is it the second to last one where they have Azula and uh, Zuko have the, their Agni Kai. Yeah, I, that, I think I mean, that's just oh, like yeah, my favorite yeah. moment. It's it's either that or the last episode of the first season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I I consider the finale like a four part thing, like just in total. I don't know. But that that is an amazing part of the finale. So I just I have I feel like I don't even like count that in like terms of episodes. Like if you're thinking like individual episodes, I feel like I feel like I've always loved Ember Island players. I know that's such like a like <laughs> that's a pretty typical me answer, but I really love that one. And whatever other people might consider fillers, I definitely like a lot of them. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of fillers. But yeah, season one finale is also so good. Okay, I'm going to stick with Ember Island players. That's just off the top of my head. I'm gonna go with. It's just so <laughs> funny. Too, they literally are trolling themselves. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah, I think the season finales of the show are, like, fantastic. If I'm if I'm going to pick an episode that's not a season finale, I don't know. They're, like, two. I mean, I think I would probably... Actually, no, there's so many good episodes. Gosh. Uh, I don't know. I really... Do like the Puppet Master episode like a lot. It's I really like that one. And I also really like the um I forgot the title, but the episode where they go to like the where Aang and Zuko take a field trip to like the Sun Warriors. Firebending Masters. I think it's just Firebending Masters. I think it's just like really beautiful. Like the whole thing at the end. Yeah. I guess another thing 
as we rewatch that we want to try to do is like each of us will rate the episode on like a scale from one to 10, um, which I think will be, I don't know. And we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we can average all our scores at the end and see who's the most like lenient judge, who's the harshest critic. But yeah, um, I mean, there are just so many good ones. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think that's everything we kind of wanted to talk about. Um, so I've gathered that Justin is the newest, but most devoted fan and <laughs> having watched it five times Anand is a, a real one and has insane childhood memories. And I like the show a lot, but I don't know, maybe I'm just a normal, a normal fan. Uh, yeah. So that concludes episode zero. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we're going to kick it off next week with the discussion of episodes one and or two from the water book. So that's the boy in the iceberg and the avatar returns. And I guess between the three of us, we've seen the show like over 10 times, but there's still things that we're learning. Um, and we learn new things every time we watch it. And I'm sure there are lots of things that our friends and you guys, the listeners, um, are picking up on that we miss. So we really want to include um, everybody in on the discussion. So if you have thoughts on the first two episodes, please submit them to our social media. So um, we can be reached via email at whatsappapod at gmail.com, Instagram and Twitter um, at what's underscore appa. And um, yeah, if you submit thoughts or questions on the first two episodes or just on the podcast in general, um, we really, really would love to include them in our discussion for next time. Um, So catch us there and we'll catch you guys next week. See you next time. Flamio, Amen.